All right, we are ready to begin. If you'd like to come in and find a seat. Hey, welcome again. It's great to see all of you this morning. My name is Alan Dice. I'm so glad you're here this morning. This is sort of our fall kickoff day. We call it Newport Day. You get free t-shirts. Uh, if, you, if you didn't get a t-shirt, there are tons of t-shirts out there, so make sure you get one of those. Also, uh, you may have missed it, but we're giving away these little key tags with the church's um, name and logo and vision statement on it, so you can put it on your key ring. So every time you pull out your key ring, you can see... Once I get past the wise market one, there we go. You can see what the church's vision is. So it, it can fit on your key ring right there, and you can always see what the church's vision is. So we've got literally hundreds of these out there. So be sure to pick up one or two or three or ten, because uh, we, we've got we got lots of them for you to take. So today, as, as Todd and some other people were saying, today kicks off a, a six-week study theme. Uh, and the, the title of the study theme is God is Good. He's Better Than You Think. And it, it's by Bill Johnson. Uh, we've got, for small groups, uh, small group leaders, if there are any small group leaders here, we've got uh, small group DVD and, and some workbooks to go along in your small group if you want to follow along in your, in your small group like that. So we've got like DV, a DVD set and leader's guides and and, and interactive manuals uh, on the God is Good series. So uh, these are available for you, small group leaders. If you're interested, you can, we'll, we'll get you some of these. And actually, there's, a, there's also a, uh, course, a, a book by Bill Johnson called God is Good. This is an extra one. So if you come running right up here right now, I'll give it to you. So... There you go. <laughs> Wasn't going to say it twice. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Lord. Um, <laughs> trying to remember what else I was going to say here this morning. So we're, we're, we're just celebrating Jesus here this morning, celebrating how good God is. Uh, I know some of you are praying about other things. Some of you are praying for the hurricane victims of Harvey and Irma. Some of you are praying for National Football League games that are starting today. And some of you are starting and are praying about, well, Penn State was yesterday. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. And uh, yeah, we there are lots of things on your mind, but I, I just want to encourage you to focus this morning because I believe that God has a, a message and God wants to God wants to impart something to you today. I believe there's some mindsets and I believe there's some beliefs that maybe God wants to change and, and God wants to correct. So we want to start out just by praying this morning. Could you bow your heads with me as we as we start? Lord, we just surrender this time to you, Lord. We ask 
we thank you for already what's happened here, and we thank you for just the, the chance to be able to, to worship you and come into your presence. And we say, Holy Spirit, come. Would you fill this place today? Fill each one of us. Lord, we are your temples. This building isn't, isn't your temple whatsoever. Lord, we are your temples. We are your sanctuaries. This place is not a sanctuary. We are your sanctuaries. And Lord, would you come and take your place in us? Would you fill us up? Fill us up with your presence. Fill us up with your Holy Spirit. Lord, would you come and, and uh, Lord, would you open our ears to hear your word this morning? Would you open our minds and hearts to respond and, and what, do you, what do you have for each one of us? And Lord, we, we honor you. We thank you. We praise you and worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, also forgot to mention, we've got these uh, orange uh, sermon notes here. And if you missed getting these, you need these for this morning, so the orange sermon notes. If you didn't get them, uh, I really need someone to run back out to the front door and grab the stack and uh, bring them at least to the back of the auditorium. And if you need one, just run back to the back of the auditorium and, and they'll make sure you get one. You need this to follow along this morning and take it home and, and follow up on the, on the sermon today. Because we're calling this morning, we're calling this morning God's goodness shapes your reality. And this is an invitation to encounter God in a way you never be, did before. And I'm going to, I'm actually drawing from a little bit of a sermon that I preached here a year and a half, two years ago about God's greatness. And some of you are going to remember this and some of you have never heard this before. Because lots of people have heard about God. Lots of people have heard about God. And lots of people uh, know some things, like we might know about someone, a famous person. We might know about the Queen of England. We might know about a famous singer or about a famous actor, but we may not know them personally. And, and in the same way, lots of people will know lots of facts and details about God. And we start today talking about, first of all, about God and his traits and his characteristics. Because our faith, Christian faith, is based solidly on a great and good supernatural God who loves us so much that God the Father sends God the Son who willingly comes to earth and gives up his life to die for rebellious people. If you want the, the, the whole theme of what the Bible is all about, that's the theme right there. That God the Father loves us so much that he gave and sent God the Son to come and die for rebellious people so that we can have new life in Him. That's, that's the essence of what the Bible is all about. So we hear about God and we, we describe Him using big words. Omnipotent, which means all-powerful. Omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent in all places at once. And we get the picture from God's word that God has always existed and will always exist. He was never created. He was never born. He was never formed. But God is eternal. He exists from eternity past as far back as you can think and then far back further and further and further and further, and 
into eternity future as far forward as we can think and imagine and then further than that. And he has no limits in time or space because God is spirit, has no physical body like, like us, doesn't look like a human. No matter what, you see these cartoons of an old gray man sitting in the, in, in the clouds with, with the long beard, doesn't look like us, has no physical body, is neither male nor female. We just use male pronouns because God is often referred, ref, calls himself our father. So in fact, God gives us his traits, and some of them are fatherly traits, some of them are motherly traits, and God's mind transcends far above our human understanding. God's supernatural ability is so much higher and greater and far above our abilities. And so I'm borrowing back from the sermon I preached some time ago from Luke chapter 12, where Jesus said, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten about God. And then the next verse, why even the hairs of your head are all numbered, fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. So I did some research, and, and people estimate and guess that the number of birds in all the world is maybe three to 400 million birds. And now the number of hairs on your head, that, that varies between person and person, doesn't it? Some of, some of us have more and some of us have less. But just the very idea that God says he can number the hairs on your head, he can number and know every bird in the world. And not only that, Psalm 139, God says about us, the psalmist says, Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know when I sit down, when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. God knows your thoughts. Wow, do you ever think about that? God knows your thoughts. That's scary sometimes, isn't it? Someone knows what you're thinking. Not only that, Psalm 139, verse 4, even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. God knows what you will say even before you speak it. God knows what those words are going to be even before they come out of your mouth. God numbers your hairs. God knows your thoughts. God knows your attitudes. God knows your intentions. He knows your dreams. He knows your schemes. He knows every detail about you. And you're just one person. God knows all that about every single person. All 7.4 billion or whatever the, the current figure is of people on planet earth all at the same time. God knows all of that. But that's not what boggles my mind the most. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 16, where, where the Bible is describing God creating the universe, God creating the world, God creating the stars and, and the planets and, and the sun and the moon. Genesis 1 and verse 16 says, God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the, star, rule the night, and the stars. So the Bible says he created our sun and moon 
And then just sort of like this little footnote on the end, it says, and the stars. Just, yeah, just, just the stars. Just, yeah. And Isaiah chapter 40 says, to whom then will you compare me? God says that I should be like him, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host by number, he's talking about the stars, brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one of them is missing. Calls out the stars by name, one by one. So what's that say? He personally made our sun and moon. He personally made every star. In fact, he has a name for every star. That drives me crazy. Because you start calculating. All right. So I had to, I had to figure it out. And I had to research it. Because in our Milky Way galaxy, we estimate there are 100 billion stars. Just in our galaxy, 100 billion. In the whole universe, people estimate that there are up to 200 billion galaxies like the Milky Way. So right away, you get out your calculator and you say, all right, that means that there are 100 billion times 200 billion equals how many stars? 26 trillion stars in the universe. 20 with a lot of zeros behind it. And God knows the name of each star. And God personally created each star. And God calls each star out by name. Isaiah chapter 40 says, Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, he doesn't faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. So to be concerned about 300 million birds doesn't tire God. To, be, to know the intimate detail of 7.4 billion people doesn't stress God. To know and name 26 trillion stars does not strain or boggle the mind of God. Dale Allison writes throughout the scriptures, God is held up as one who can count the humanly uncountable clouds, sand, streams, the length of heaven, stars, the numbers of hair on your head. So even if you believe in God this morning, and I understand there may be people here who aren't even sure there is a God, and that's okay. You came to the right place this morning. Because even if you aren't sure there is a God, or maybe you do, you can spend your whole lifetime just knowing about Him. And that's where we come to the story of, of Moses in the Old Testament from Exodus chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter 3. Second book in the Bible. Starts with Genesis, next Exodus, Exodus chapter 3. And this is like Moses' introduction to God. 
Moses encounters God for the first time, really. And Moses has this introduction. And the Bible says, The angel of the Lord appeared to him, Moses, in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I'm going to turn aside to see this great sight. Why the bush is not burned up? Huh, there's a bush here that's burning, and I don't know why. And it's not going anywhere. It's just burning. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet. For the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said, I've surely seen the afflictions of my people who are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings. And they had this further conversation in which God commissions Moses to go and lead his people out of Egypt. And then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And so, first of all, we have this initial encounter with Moses meeting God. And you notice that Moses doesn't even know God's name. It's like the first time you meet someone and you say, Hi, I'm so-and-so, and what's your name? And that's sort of what they were doing there. They were getting to know each other for the first time. Hi, I'm God. What's your name? I'm Moses. Yeah, good to meet you. And they were getting to know each other for the first time. Lots of people have heard about God, but fewer have actually experienced God and discovered who he is. And we're going to be talking in this study for the next number of weeks that God is good and that God is love and God defines love and God defines goodness. In fact, you're going to find that God is, is more loving and better than you ever expected that he was. Our important verse for this morning, key verse for this morning is this one. Psalm 34 and verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. So some of you are parents. Most of you have been a child. And I think many of you have experienced a child sitting at a table to eat. And you put something before them that they've never eaten before. And maybe it was, this was you yourself, and you looked at this stuff, and you say, what's it called? And, and you looked at something new you've never tasted before, and you wondered what it, what it tasted like. Our children used to look at new food, and they'd smell it, and they'd look at it, and they'd say, what are those green things in there? What are those? I am not going to eat that. That doesn't look good at all. It looks weird. I'm not going to try that. And they'd fuss, and they'd talk, and they'd, they'd, and we'd try to convince them, and we'd try to tell them, David, I mean, um, no, it's, it's really, it's really good, child, it's really good. Oh, boy. 
He's not here this morning. <laughs> it's really good. You should try it. No, I'm not going to try. That looks awful. And we go on and on and on. And, and take a teeny little bit. Just try. A try, teeny little bit. And he'd take a tiny little bit on his fork and, ah, this is pretty good. It's like, why do we have to go through all that? Why didn't you just try it to begin with? Because you know it's, you know, it, you know it's good. And I think a lot of people are that way with God. They're, they're looking at God and they're thinking, I don't know. I've got all these questions and, and I'm not sure. And, and, and this is what this verse is saying. Taste, go ahead and try. See that God is good in your life personally, not just, not just for everyone else, but you yourself. And I think too many people spend their lives, whole lives, like that child, looking at God, wondering, speculating, you know, even sometimes starting to blame things on God. Sometimes they get offended when he didn't do the things they wanted. And, and sometimes blaming God for things that we realize later God doesn't cause that to happen in people's lives. But we blame him anyway. And, and I think maybe even in today, people are, are speculating, asking questions, wondering, you know, why? Why did God cause um, disasters? Why did God cause hurricanes? Why did God cause sicknesses? Why did God cause uh, someone to, to die prematurely? And, and we, re we come to realize that, that that was not God causing it. And we blame God for things that, uh, that we shouldn't be. So God invites us to taste or experience him. So you taste that that food for the first time, so you experience it. And then God invites us to see or, or perceive, perceive him for the first time. So there's two parts, taste and see, taste and see. To taste is experience, and see is actually to perceive. And so what you experience and what you perceive about God then begins to change who you are on the inside and begins to change what you look like and begins to change your thoughts, begins to change your mindset, who you are and what you perceive, what you experience and what you perceive about God begins to change you on the inside. Changes your outlook, changes your viewpoint, changes what you hope for, changes what you dream of. And so first I taste your experience and then secondly I, I see, I perceive. And then my perception changes the way I look at God and the, and the world around me. I've totally got lost in my PowerPoint here. All right, we'll get there. So it's like the story of, of the guy who was taking a nap. And um, his, his kids decided to play a, a trick on him. So they, they noticed in the refrigerator that uh, there was some, this uh, cheese that... Um, Limburger, Limburger cheese. I'm not sure if you ever ate it, but it's it's really smelly. I mean, it smells really, really bad. And and the kids said, "Hey, Dad's taking a nap. Wouldn't it be fun to take some of that Limburger cheese and and like put some in his mustache uh, as he's sleeping and and see what happens? Wouldn't that be really fun?" So so they do it, you know. And Dad wakes up and he starts looking around and said, "Man, this room really." Stinks. Wonder what's wrong with this room. There must be something. Somebody, something must have died in here. I don't know what's wrong. And he goes into the goes into the other room of the house, and he says, "Oh my goodness! It's not just that room. The whole house stinks. Oh my goodness!" 
And he walks outside, and it's like, well, it's not, the whole, it's not just the house. The whole world stinks. <laughs> so we begin to see that, that what, we're, what we're seeing or experiencing begins to change our, our perception of, of what we're expecting and, and the way we see the world around us. And so we can begin to, you know, we look at the world around us now and we realize that our world is filled with all kinds of stuff, addictions. Our world is filled with wars. Our world is filled with disaster. Our world is filled with fear caused by Stephen King movies and things like that. But our world is filled with confusion. Our world is filled with selfishness. Some of you got that and some of you didn't. Some of our world is filled with envy and our world is filled with unbelief and our world is filled with hatred and our world is filled with murder. And you can, you can just keep on filling in the blanks. Our world is filled with that. And, and we can have the mindset that that's all we see in, in the world. Because that's what we're, they're the lenses we're looking through. But guess what? God has a different view of our world. And through God's eyes and through God's lenses, God's world is also filled with peace and hope and joy. And God's world is also filled with holiness and, and healing and supernatural works and wonders and God's world is also filled with wonders and beauty and strength and thankfulness and worship and grace and mercy and patience and kindness and love and generosity. And we can see that as well, but it depends what lenses we're looking at the world through. And are we looking at the world with Limburger cheese under our noses? Are we looking at the world because God has begun to change our minds begin to renew our minds. Romans 12, the Apostle Paul writes, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Don't be conformed to this world, but listen to this. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So your mind is renewed when the impossible looks logical. When the impossible is possible. Didn't we just sing that? When your, your mind is renewed, when the impossible begins to look possible. And believe me, it, it's a process. Because when my mind is renewed by God, then I'm going to expect to do some of the same kinds of things that Jesus did. And, and I'm not sure my mind is renewed enough yet to be able to, to have faith to raise the dead and to heal the sick and to, and to uh, speak to trees and see them wither. And, uh, but when our, our minds are renewed by the power of God, then we begin to do and say and, and act the same way that Jesus did when he was when he was here on earth every revelation of his nature of God's nature is an invitation to encounter him to encounter God every every time God reveals something about himself he's also saying here's an invitation I want you to come and 
I want you to come and encounter me. I want you to know me more deeply. Acts chapter 4 talks about the early Christians, the apostles, and, and how they were being persecuted. And, and the Jewish council called them in and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. When Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. Encountering God compels us to go and share and tell people about God and about our encounter with God. And it begins to change. Encountering God begins to change us on the inside. The Old Testament tells the story of the man Job who went through tremendous disasters in his life. And, and Job questions and, and asks God, why, why is all this happening and, and why am I going through these trials? And, and God responds to Job and, and Job realizes that, that he'd been living by rumors about God instead of firsthand encounter. And, and Job comes to the end of his story and Job says, this is the message version. I like the message version. I admit it. I once lived by rumors of you, and now I have it all firsthand. From my own eyes and from my own ears. I'm sorry, forgive me. I'll never do that again, I promise. I'll never again live on crusts of hearsay and crumbs of rumor. Crusts and crumbs. Crusts of hearsay and crumbs of rumor. So my point is God wants you to experience him and know him firsthand, not through other people, not through other people's sermons, not through other people's books, not through other people's videos, but God wants you to encounter you face-to-face, person-to-person, face-to-face, not through other people. And, and so the story of Moses continues, and and Moses, you know, from that first introduction, hi, I'm God, hi, I'm Moses. From that first introduction in Exodus chapter 3, Moses and God get to know each other pretty well, or at least God knew all about Moses, but Moses was learning more and more about God as time went on. So we get to Exodus 34. And... This is the time when God gave the Israelites Ten Commandments cut in, in stone and written by God on these tablets of stone. And the Lord said to Moses, cut for yourself two tablets of stone like the first, and I will write on the tablets the words that were on the first tablets. He'd broken the first ones. Be ready by the morning and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself there to me on the top of the mountain. So somewhere, at some point in history, someone got to see God's handwriting. Do you ever think about that? Someone got to see what God's handwriting looked like. And he rose up early in the morning and went up to Mount Sinai as the Lord commanded him and took in the hand two tablets of stone. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there, proclaiming the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, 
a God merciful and gracious to anger, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And the Lord said to Moses, write these words, for in accordance with these words, I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. The Bible says he was there. Moses was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water, and he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he'd been talking with God. Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. Something had happened between that initial introduction between God and Moses. And, and now Moses and God were on this first-name basis. I mean, Moses was up on the mountain 40 days, 40 nights with God, didn't need to eat, didn't need to drink, because somehow being in the presence of God satisfies and fulfills your needs so that you don't need that physical stuff. Remember what Jesus said, my bread is to do the will of the one who sent me. And being in the presence of God made his face shine with a holy glory that people were afraid of when they, when they saw him. And that's the kind of encounter I want to encourage you to this morning. An invitation to encounter God in a way you never did before. Because... God, knowing God, there's, there's a depth to knowing God that you can never surpass, you can never get to the end of, because we go deeper and deeper and deeper, and we can know new facets, and, and you can know God in new ways. You can live 200 years and still never get to the end of knowing who God is. Some of you may be sitting here saying this morning, You know, God never blesses me. God never hears me. I'm never going to be that person who succeeds. I'm never going to be that person who, who prospers. And sometimes I think we get lost in all the questions about life, and we get lost in all the questions about God. And we ask questions like, why does he allow Fill in the blank. If he is all-powerful, then why does this happen? And some people get lost in, in all those questions when simply God is asking us, would you come and get to know me? Would you come and encounter me? Would you come and spend time with me? Would you come and learn to know me? And, and part of my challenge for you this morning is that you would reach out to God this week, that you would reach out to talk with him, that you would reach out to encounter him. The psalmist said it simply, take a taste and see if he's good. Try and see. Take a step of faith. See if he's good. We know that God's goodness, first of all, is all wrapped up in a gift given 2,000 years ago. Jesus, God the Son. Because Jesus' birth and life and death and resurrection 
show us exactly how good God is and how much he loves us and cares for us. But then also you personally. Would you, would you commit your life to seeking him and following him? And so I've, I have these next steps for you in the, on the back of your orange sheet this morning. Would you reach out to encounter God? Would you tell someone about God's goodness in your life? Is your face glowing with the glory of God having been in his presence? Would you commit your life to seeking him and following him? Would you give your life as a, as a living sacrifice? And I, I really sensed as I was, I was praying about this this week that, that some of us here are perhaps holding on to things that we haven't yet given over to God. There are things, there are problems, there are issues, there are, there are troubles. And deep down inside we're saying, I'm not sure I can trust God with this one. This is so big. This is so hard. I really need to take care of this. I really need to manage this. I really need to control this. I really need to solve this all by myself. And maybe it's your future. Maybe it's your business. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your spouse or your job or your boss. Or you can fill in the blank. And I I believe some of us are holding on to something that, that God's been saying, would you give that to me and let me? Handle that. Let me deal with that. And you've been holding on to it. And you've been stressing and you've been fuming and, and it's keeping you awake at night because you haven't released it. And I believe God is simply saying to some of us here, I'm good and I'm trustworthy and I can handle whatever you give me. And I believe some of you need to say, God, I'm just going to give up control. And I'm, I'm just going to turn this one over to you. Because, God, I admit I, d- I don't have the solution. I admit I don't know where to go. I, don't, I admit I don't know what to do. But, God, I'm just going to trust you with it because I know you're, you're a good God. So could we, could we pray over that this morning? Let's, let's just bow our heads to pray. So, Lord, we thank you this morning that you are good, God, that you are trustworthy. Lord, that you are so much better than we can ever think or imagine. And we know that you're inviting us to a deeper relationship with you, an encounter with you like we've never encountered you before. And you're inviting us into that place where our faces glow with your glory. And and you're inviting us into that place where our hearts and and minds are changed. You're inviting us into that place where our our mindsets and our beliefs are, are changed so that we don't have these ungodly beliefs that that God doesn't care, God doesn't love us, and God is causing me to be punished and, and God is working against me and, and we realize that there are 
ungodly beliefs in, in our hearts and minds that, that need to be changed and that there are things that we've been hanging on to for a long time that we need to just release and lay at the foot of the cross. So, Lord, this morning, I just begin to pray for each person here because each one of us is in need of your presence. Each one of us needs to have an encounter, fresh new encounter with you. And so, Lord, I, I pray this morning for, for each person here. Would you move among this group this morning? Would you touch each life, each family, each marriage, each individual in the name of Jesus? Lord, where we are hanging on to things, where we are carrying things we don't need to be carrying, Lord, would you impart fresh new faith this morning, fresh new realization that you are good, you are trustworthy, you are loving, and that you can handle whatever it is we lay at your feet. Lord, we choose this morning to lay down burdens and stresses and issues and all the stuff we've been carrying questions, the times we've been blaming God, the times we've been questioning God, angrily accusing him. Lord, we just choose to lay it down. Lord, would you fill us with fresh new faith here this morning? We know, Lord, that you're good. We know that you're trustworthy. We know that you, you know every detail of our lives. And so, Lord, we choose this morning to surrender before you. Would you touch us? Would you change us? Would you renew our minds this morning in the name of Jesus? Take those places in us that are closed to you. Take those places in us that are, that are doubting of you. Take those places in us where there's unbelief and begin to change those in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. like to invite you to stand to your feet this morning. We'd like to have the front here open. If you'd just like to come up and, and spend some time in God's presence, if you'd just like to come up and pray, if you'd like someone to pray with you, there will be some prayer ministers here. We'd like to pray with you this morning. I believe that, that there are a number of you who just need to spend time in God's presence, who just need to lay down some things that you've been carrying for a long time. So Lord Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you care for us. Thank you that you can handle anything we lay down before you. Lord, would you come? Would you touch us? Would you change us? Would you renew our minds? Lord, this week, may our faces glow with your glory. Lord, may we be excited to Share with someone else what God has done for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Come forward. Spend some time in God's presence. Come forward. We're here to pray with you.